Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to yet another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. I'd like to talk today about frequency. What's the frequency, podcaster? Frequency comes up quite often, and what I mean by frequency is not what frequency of radio signal do you broadcast on. This is podcasting. We don't have a radio frequency that we broadcast on. This is podcasting, and while podcasting can have uh, no schedule whatsoever, any, any show can publish episodes whenever they so feel like it. For business podcasting, which is what most of my clients are, or for people who are serious about podcasting and want to see their audience grow, it's good, I would even go so far as to say necessary, but I'll stick with good that your show is published on a regular schedule. Again, it's it worth it bears repeating. You can do whatever you want. I understand that this is the no appointment zone listening, and you produce content when you feel is proper. That's fine. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people like the client I had this morning that I was chatting with, who wanted to know what they should be doing for publishing how often they should be publishing content, what expectations to set. So that is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about frequency, because I think there's a, a few different things at play. On one side of the equation is how often you, the podcaster, the company with the podcast, how often you're able to create content. That's the problem for the client I'm working with right now. It takes them a long time to produce content, to get the guest scheduled, to get the approval of the guest after the content is created. It doesn't take me all that much time to do the production work, but to write the script and go, and, and I have another client that's coming on board right now that's going to be in a very similar position they have there are a lot of checks and balances in place not because of the podcasting process itself we're not talking about just editing and writing which is its own challenges but i've got that locked it's the content creation it's the gathering of information it's the like i said writing of the script and putting together the flow and making sure the client's happy and all the after checks there's just a lot of things that happen when you talk about publishing content in a business sense. It's not you and your uh, blog dedicated to chicken. You know, it's a different, it's a very different situation for businesses. 
So one is how off, how rapidly can you create process, create content, and how rapidly can your organization get the approval process done? So that that is a one one huge factor which is going to be limiting. The second thing is the production, not actually doing the work, sitting behind the microphone and recording, sitting behind the editing bay, the DAW, and doing the work to create the content, handing it off to your writers to come up with catchy titles and subtitles and descriptions and all those things that hobbyist podcasters or even those podcasters like me who've been doing this for 15 years we don't think that much about because we have a good process developed if you don't have that process you have to develop one but when you do have a process processes take time and so while you're here plenty of people in the podcasting space say just publish whenever you want yeah that doesn't really work for most businesses and the third thing, and I'll recap all these things when I get to the end. And the third piece of the puzzle is your audience. What do they expect? Now, they probably don't have, you probably think they may not have expectations, but I posit to you that they do. They have expectations, and they also have listening windows, holes in their schedule when they can consume your content. But they also have an expectation that is set and an expectation that they would like to have met. Now, here's, here's the mistake that I see a lot of podcasts, new podcasts, new companies getting into podcasting make when they start thinking about frequency. They ask the question, well, what, does the, what do podcast listeners expect? Which is, a, which is a valid question, but it's also a dumb question. Because podcast listeners treating them as a monolithic block is a mistake for most business podcasts. Now, if you are trying to release a show that you want to crack the top 10 listing and be up there with the other guys, then there's, there is definitely an expectation, but we're not talking about that. And it's, and I think it's a mistake for businesses with a niche podcast to spend too much time thinking about what the, top 10 shows do as far as frequency because there are some great podcasts that publish not on a daily or a weekly basis and that's really what it comes down to when you start looking at the really popular shows you discover that they produce things on a probably a weekly or sometimes multiple times a week basis and that's great but if that doesn't fit with what your listener expectation is then you've got a mismatch if your listeners don't have the time, nor the desire, to listen to you drone on for 30 minutes a day about your particular product, niche, or service, they're not going to listen for very long. They'll sample one or two episodes and they'll be done. You can over-publish. You can be too frequent, especially depending on, on length goes. So understand what your audience wants and expects and also needs from you. What kind of content? There are really great shows out there delivering content on a monthly basis. And I think if I had to pick a number, that would be as far down as I would go. I wouldn't go any less than monthly. Although I suppose you could build a case around having a podcast done quarterly around your annual report. However, what I would challenge you to do is do more than a single podcast, right? Do, do multiple podcasts. You can certainly do bi-weekly, lots of business shows do bi-weekly, especially those that require lots of energy and effort. 
that isn't directly pointed at your business. So you got to do research. You got to find out information, and it takes time to do this. So maybe we'll do things on a biweekly basis. By far the most popular method is, is a weekly show. That's what most of my clients are doing. I've got them on a schedule and a system to allow them to produce weekly. And of course, I'm doing this, not really a podcast today, but eventually might be, um, on a daily basis. But I'm keeping it nice and short. So it's it's really up to you and what the expectations of your audience your audience want to be. What I would suggest to you is, a, is an, another option to throw out there on the side. This assumes, just talk about frequency, assumes that it always happens. It doesn't have to always happen. Go back to that idea I had a moment ago about the annual, or the quarterly reports that your company puts out. You could take the content from your quarterly report and create three, maybe five episodes and release those every week for three to five weeks and then go dark until the next annual report comes out. And then once that is done, three to five. And uh, You can also do a whole bunch of batch up front, which is what I'm going to recommend to my client that emailed me this morning. Since their approval process takes so long internally, as well as externally with their clients, they should do 10 at a time. I pick the number 10. It doesn't have to be 10. It could be 9. It could be 11. It could be 30. Whatever. They should do 10 episodes, produce those 10 episodes, get them fully, fully released, done, all approvals made finally, and then release them as a season. Once a week for 10 weeks and then go dark until the next one comes up. That's okay. But the key thing here as I'm wrapping up is you've got to pick a frequency that works for your production team, your business team, as well as your audience. And then stick with it. If you need help with that, why helping businesses do podcasting? That's what I do at podcastlaunch.pro. Email me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro, and let's talk. I'll be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, shout your abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, 
Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.